This is Exit the Matrix new series where we cover the latest breaking news. Follow us on IG at Matrix Podcast and send your questions and comments to us at Exit the Matrix Podcast at gmail.com. This is EMP Pulse, and I am Emoja the Mo Man Sumbler. NFL just started, just popped off last week. Games are being played, and I thought it was probably a good time to talk about why we are no longer, and why you should no longer, rock with the NFL. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't rock with the NFL. I'm saying if you rock with the NFL, I don't know, man. You might not be as well. You should be at least as fucked up about the NFL as you are Chick-fil-A. I, I just been thinking about how difficult it is to um, divest from football, you know, both as um, a fan of football and as a, a player of football. I, I don't think people know this, but I was quite the, a young athletic. Hey, bro, hey, bro, how old was you when you first started playing football? I started playing, I remember specifically What was playing, your position, too? Well, first of all, you know, I'm a big daddy. So I was always playing uh, defensive line. That was always my situation, whether it be DN, D-tackle, you know, they moved me around. I played a little nose tackle as well. I also played on the offensive line. I was a right tackle. I also played right guard. They tried me at center. And as, you know, as I got a little older, you start playing other positions, you know, whether it be outside linebacker when they realize you're an athlete. So I started playing around third or fourth grade, gives you a lot of confidence as a person, moved all the way up, um, started playing in high school. Uh, You know, one of the biggest problems I had was I just didn't have the grades I hated school you know what I'm saying but football meant a lot to me it means a lot to uh, the people that were around me and then you know it's something that I specifically excelled at you know and when you're a young person man and you excel at something you really truly love it man because it gives you so many other things so I was truly connected in, in as a football player in that regard for me it's two different things right so of course you remember I was a south sider of Chicago you know I literally got to see Walter Payton play and like that motherfucker was like a video game before there was video games i had never seen anybody do that kind of wild shit before like there was a time in chicago bro where where he was definitely bigger than jordan like he i mean sweetness was everything being there for the 85 bears and you know the corny ass super bowl shuffling shit we all like damn these motherfuckers really do gotta win this shit now like and put this shit out in the middle of the fucking just the fucking audaciousness nobody can do that shit today bro No, no matter how you feel about this shit but like it was so deeply ingrained in like your south side fucking identity you know i never had the skill to play but i remember you know my homeboy taz who i met in the south he he played his whole fucking life you know he grew up in dallas he always wanted to be a cowboy until he didn't want to be a fucking cowboy just the stress that football put on his life like being good enough to be like a, a fucking a dude that has highlights in high school, but not quite good enough to be the guy that gets a Division A fucking scholarship. So, like, you know, you're trying to get on, and you've hoped that this was going to be your path, and you also didn't have the grades. So, like, now you're not, you know what I'm saying? So, like, there's not even a path Sometimes for it's you. your only path, you know? Right? I mean, and that's the right? type of relationship that you have with football. I can imagine, I mean, myself, definitely. I mean, it was it's an aspect to improve your family life improve your space in capitalism i mean it's just so many dreams that you put on this football thing and your coaches play on it i remember being a big guy and and you know they were always like yeah let's let's stay let's try to get to 300 pounds let's try to get to 300 pounds i'm a 15 year old mind you and uh, I'm, I'm i'm trying to be involved with that but that's not necessarily what we're talking about i was in love with football america is america in love, is with, in football. love with football i'm not denying that we were all we all do it we all did it you know what i'm saying we 
understand why you fuck with it. And it's an extremely impressive thing. Like when you think about what football represents, this is the, every culture has this, right? This is the one thing we do. That's like the next thing up to war, right? Where the strongest men will run into each other. You know what I'm saying? So like, I get what role it, it serves in the collective consciousness. We were all there. But with that being said, uh, you gotta we, let this shit go. We gotta let it go. If we're gonna let go of Amazon, are we gonna let go of Chick Fil A? And we're gonna let go of let's just let's just do some quick hits on like some basic shit. Why we shouldn't even be fucking with. As you know, I mean, I don't. I think our listeners understand. Like Colin Kaepernick kneeled, and because of that, because he defied the white status quo, he was blackballed from the league. So you have Roger Goodell, who came out, I guess, what is this? Maybe like a week ago, and uh, said, "We, the National Football League, condemn racism and systematic oppression of black people." Once again, just a PR move, no actual change going on in the NFL, no actual addressing of, you know, the systemic issues that we deal in football. Uh, At first, I'd like to say we should have listened to Cap earlier to what you were kneeling about and what you were trying to bring attention to. We invited him several times to have conversation, to have dialogue. I wish we had the benefit of that. This is just such a fake apology. We never did. We would have benefited from that, absolutely. And just listening to the, or just reading what he's saying, if we had just listened to you earlier, like you did not understand that the problem was already there. I mean, remember the fact that these owners, so many of these owners' money is so old school. These are families that enslaved black men. These aren't like dot-com billionaires. Dot-com billionaires. They buy basketball they teams. They buy basketball teams. NFL, those are the original good old boys. 32 good old boys that determine. And it's like, these are horrible fucking people. And they literally call themselves owners. Yeah, no, and seriously, and just think about again. We've talked about this before. Football being the most violent sport um, in the country, and maybe even in the world, and the contracts aren't even guaranteed. We love these people until they go and play for a team that they hate. And then we hate these people, and we wish for the worst things. Think about fucking Junior Seau, man. When he died, his brain was so fucked up. He keeps trying to, you know, commit. He's trying to end his life. For several reasons. The fame monster is there. You know, you can't have been the best thing in the world at one thing, and now it's gone. And yeah, now, addicted to pain medication is something that we that see shit. often in football. If you love these people, you can't let these people be damaged. And then the NFL just throws these motherfuckers away. In high school, if you were dealing with pain, you could get stuck with the needle. You could get stuck with the, the pain medication during the game and go right back into the game, man. I mean, that's the type of things that, that, that we're seeing also in terms of, again, we talk about the CTE and how the NFL knows about it. This right. whole, the, right. the same thing. With- and, and there's no enough of being a company man. Is there ever a bigger company man than Mike fucking Ditka? I mean, Mike Dicker was a player. He was a coach. He came back. He was a fucking commentator. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker, I mean, literally came up under Papa Bear Alice and shit and all that ancient shit, right? He went to the NFL and was like, hey, the old players are fucked up. Can y'all please give us some money? We're not begging. They like, hey, fuck you niggas. You niggas ain't playing no more. No one gives a fuck about what you did in the goddamn ice bowl. Yeah, and let's be very clear. And this is something else I wanted to bring up. Because when you talk about um, the NFL, I mean, something that goes directly to my mind is the army, the military. Straight up promoting for for underage kid for like kid hey kid you might not be good enough to play in the NFL 
but are you good enough to be a Marine? Yeah, good enough to be a Marine. Yeah, no, it's, it's especially they're tied together. They're married together. Um, and I think because of that and because of that symbolism – and again, then blackballing Colin Kaepernick, you know who they're playing to, which brings me to this past week, the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, one of their players, Alex Okafor, knelt for the national anthem. One player. And the fans started to boo. Uh, apparently, he wrote a guest column for the star describing, you know, the pain of police killings of black men. He was the only Chiefs player to kneel, like I said. And not only that, during the same game, NBC's national broadcast played Lift Every Voice and Sing. Oh my God. You know God. what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my God. It's like when the fucking white people in Congress are wearing the fucking uh, the Kente clock, this shit. I know they it's so pandering. The most basic bullshit about black so culture. Pandering. It's so fucking insulting. Right, man. it is. But this what is the this, fuck? again, again, and oh it's still. Oh God. They booed that as well. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, and then Kansas City, it was, it, that was the game where they had the one minute of, of racial equality. Oh my God! Is that, that what they had? That was what they had, oh and God. that got booed. <laughs> but like, why the fuck, man? So it's a lot of booing, man. I mean, normally, you know, I ain't gonna and say nothing about and the it's quality crazy of the that team. I mean, it's crazy that there's even fans in the stands. And it's so funny because the fans in the stands are exactly the type of people that would boo. Right. Why the fuck is there a sport with fans in the stands right now? Like, there's not a goddamn pandemic globally. But I want to specifically talk about a few things in terms of how the NFL apologizes for its white stars in a way that it does not apologize for its non-white stars its black stars and i remember you were talking about who are you talking about the motherfucking the richie incognito used to play for the motherfucking miami dolphins right so like this was a dude and he was on the he was on the defensive line right and uh because he was the captain of this team offensive line Oh, the offensive. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was the offensive line. Yeah, because he was the captain of the team, right? It was like he got to tell the rookies what to do. You know what I'm saying? And it was a black rookie on there. One of the things the team activities would be like to go to a strip club, and because you're the rookie, you got to buy out the bar because it's your turn. This is a, you know, so this is dead ass hazing. I'm a grown ass man, and you're hazing me. And when I don't want to do these activities because maybe that shit don't interest me. Maybe I have a girlfriend. Maybe she wouldn't understand if I said uh, I didn't want to go to the strip club, but the team said if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be on the team. And the team also said because I had to do it uh, and I was new, I had to spend 30000 I mean, what the hell? Is your girl supposed to take that shit, bro? Like, nah, nah, you know, I know you didn't really want to be there. I know you didn't really. So, like, he's, he's like. He's a grown ass man. He's a grown ass man. And he's like, I ain't going to do that fucking shit. And so, like, Richard Incognito put it out there like, I'm clearly blacker than your ass. It put it put uh, dude in a place where he was on suicide watch. They bullied this motherfucker so much. And that dude got fired. He got cut. Richard Incognito, they gave him, a, what, a two-game suspension? Well, what happened is, is they gave him a suspension. Then they released him. Then a year later, I think he was picked up by like the Buffalo Bills or something and went right back to playing football. This is a dude who, like you said, especially the lowest bar you can have right now in 2020. Any sport can say we're anti-bully, right? Like that's the lowest hanging fruit you can have. Of course, bullying is terrible. And what you have right here is uh, one of your players bullying another one of your players to the point of suicide ideation. A person who is a great football player on the field, a person who is trying to, a person who is not giving consent for these kind of behaviors and again it's really violent the shit that they were talking about they're you know talking about sex workers and talking about strip 
strip clubs and just talking about, you know, people in that in that way. It, it's, it's really messed up. But it doesn't stop there, does it? Shit, you got old Big Ben. This motherfucker out there living his Conor McGregor life. He's the prototype for that shit. One, two, three, at, at least two. And this is something we were talking about when we were talking about the Harvey Weinstein episode. Uh, right. Episode that I highly... It never sticks to these white dudes. It never sticks. He's right back in the league. No Now, let's hitch, look at no Mike Vick. Argument for being literally in contention of being one of the greatest players of all time had his time not been interrupted. Had a whole team behind him, had a city behind him, was the face of the fucking South. Was the face of the NFL, you could say. You know what I'm saying? Literally, you on top of the fucking EA games and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Madden, all that. Everybody want to play with Mike Vick. He just team, signed the, the biggest contract ever, I believe. Ever. He took that shit from Peyton. So you already know you got powerful enemies. Because Peyton run this shit. I'm Mr. White Man. Now, this dude, he didn't even run the kennels. It was his cousin's fucking kennel. Bro, I got $100 million. You think I give a fuck about this little $100,000 business? Bro, you're my cousin, and I, you're, I'm from the, the South. I got to give my family something to do. You know, and we always had dogs down South. And like, look, I'm not trying to make excuses for that we shit. We are not here for dog fighting. I want to be very clear. I'm not here for that shit at all. But we have to acknowledge that Michael Vick was not there doing that shit. He was funding that shit because you take care of your fucking family. I don't know, right. man. Yeah, and juxtapose it, like you said. Sexual assault, bullying, these kind of things are applauded, they're enabled, and they're apologized right, for right, right. in the NFL. But Mike Vick, his whole life was crucified. It- he definitely went to prison. That happened. And again, right, some of it came from Goodell because Goodell was like, well, if only he told me the truth. He lied to me. So you got to punish this black man? You you his fucking right. daddy? Right. So no, you saying and if a, he had told you, you could have made it go away? And this is the type of thing that Roger Goodell does. You know what I'm saying? This is the type of person that he is. The, 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 think about the type of person that you want to run a business that's run by, like you said, basically old white dudes with uh, slave money. That nigga looked me in my face and lied. And, and I want to – do you have anything else to say before we nah. kind of get to this last point? Again, I, I, I want to be clear. Like I do understand – that these things are hard to divest from. You know, I, I was me and Mo Man were talking earlier today, and I was talking about, you know, Jay Z. Like I love, I used to love Jay Z, man. He was a great lyricist. I came up in that game, but at some point, things become too problematic. You have to divest. I'm sure Chick Fil A got good nuggets. I'm sure they're 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 yummy, but you got to step away. This is something that you can divest from right now. And coming up playing football, of course, I had a love of football, but on some just deep uh, family stuff. You know, like. Me and my father had a very contentious relationship, especially during my high school years for a myriad of reasons. And I remember specifically, man, those moments watching uh, watching the Washington football team. We didn't even mention the Washington football team. Another reason why you should divest. Uh, You know what I mean? But of course, that's uh, a story that I'm sure everyone's aware of. But uh, watching that, you know, we used to find common ground there you know and and sometimes during those games we would able to have conversations about other things it is a difficult thing to let go of and we want to acknowledge that i do love football i played it i watched it i used to have football cards hey but that's the that's the best of it right that's the best of what it can be when we talk about what the worst it can be and we're not even talking about football we're talking about the culture that football breeds it's a known fact the down south domestic abuse is amplified on days when SEC home teams lose. Your team, your imaginary team that's playing a sport that's not real, is not to the death, okay? They don't win the game. 
And domestic abuse rises on the days that that happens. That's the culture that football brings. And we just got to be honest about that. By, by, by thinking about new and healthier ways to exercise energy, even hostile energy, so long as it's consensual. You know what I'm saying? As a culture, we can work these problems out. But the, what, the old solutions that they've gave us, man, we don't need to be trying to recreate gladiatorial Rome. Nah, seriously. And, and like we mentioned before with Junior Seau and a lot of the other players, um, it has lasting effects on your life. Um, it, it probably should be there, there, and there, and there's things right now the NFL could do to minimize that. Like there are things that the NFL can do right now to change the violence of the game, and they refuse to do so because it's not good for profit. We it's know not profitable, and we also know that the NFLPA is a uh, not the NFL, yeah, the NFL, um, um the entity in of itself is a nonprofit organization. A nonprofit. The M- the NFL does not pay taxes, bro. Yeah, I mean that's to show you like truly how how it goes up systemically. And thinking about guys like um, you know Tom Brady, who are huge Trump fans, you know they they show up with them, they're drinking with them. You, you don't think those guys are are politically um, motivated in one way or another, and they they come out and manifest in different ways. Absolutely, think yeah, about Manning, Drew Brees, man. Manning, Manning used to run with with Bush. You know what I'm saying? Drew mm. Brees and Trump are tight. Exactly. All the, I mean, because again, bro, if I'm a $100 million white guy, why in the fuck wouldn't I love Trump? Trump would be my fucking hero, Absolutely. bro. This is a white dude that's literally like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say it the way I fucking feel like it. I'm going to read what the fuck I want to read, but what I don't want to read, look, this is how I feel about this shit and it's law because I say so. Just want to talk about the difficulty but importance of divesting we want to divest from chick-fil-a right you want to divest from amazon right you want to divest from products that hurt the environment this is something that you could the the scope that the nfl has on the united states and the culture of white supremacy and hyper masculinity and all that stuff is there and think about we were talking about this too i know there's just so many more things but i want to make sure we cover everything talking about the sexual abuse of young men in these places like Penn State, the Sandusky situation. You think that was the only time that that happened? No, this is specifically put in so these type of people can exploit the situation. There's a lot of ways, man. Look, if you have physical gifts, there are other ways to exercise that you can create a future for yourself behind that if that's what you want to do. But at the same time, and I'm not even saying don't play football, though there's an argument for that too, but there's something different from the NFL. The NFL as an organization, they're they not with the shits, man. Like, this is the bare minimum shit. They literally can't even say that Black Lives Matter. They'll fire a fucking quarterback simply for saying something like this. I feel like as a black person, it's almost irresponsible to continue to give that type of organization your attention and your dollars. Facts. Um, this has been EMP Pulse. I am Amin Drew Law, uh, and we are out.